It's a Friday night. It's the Instant Reacts podcast, and we're joined by Mitch Stormer. Mitch, yeah. you, you you jumped off, jumped out of the Twitterverse and onto the Instant Reacts. Well, welcome aboard, my friend. Well, yeah, the first one this season. Uh, we did the one last year, so uh, yeah, good to be here in the saddle at uh, twenty to midnight here on the East Coast. But uh, a nice a nice night action that we had and watching the score as we speak so uh excited to be here and actually for me we're recording this a little bit early so you know to, yeah. to, to anyone out there listening uh i live actually in davenport in the iowa side of the river my daughter was dancing at assumption high school at halftime tonight so i uh i, I this when they little you know let the little kids out there and they do a dance camp early in the week and then they all come out for halftime so i felt like i wanted to be there so i Covered Assumption High School, covered an Iowa high school football game tonight. Mitch, it's been a long time since I've covered an Iowa high yeah. school football game, but uh, you know, it was good. It was a beautiful facility. It's fairly new for St. Ambrose or for Assumption and St. Ambrose share the facility, but Assumption uses it for football. So anyway, yeah. that's enough talk about Iowa. That's where I was at tonight. So I ended up coming home instead of going to the studio. So now here we are, Mitch, you're here. We're also yeah. being joined by a special guest tonight from the land of the NUIC, Kyle Campmeyer from NUICfootball.com. He's jumping on right now as we speak, okay. getting All things right. set up. So, Mitch, what this has got to be great. I mean, normally you sit on Twitter all night, and then what? It's kind of just like ends yeah. in a thud. You're, you're done and no one to talk to, right? So this is right. get everything out now. Yeah, me, me alone in my thoughts for a while. Um, so I mean, yeah, I suppose I, you could like go upstairs and like wake your wife up and say, Hey, you got to hear about what happened, but she probably wouldn't yeah. really care. Right. No, no, she wouldn't have the slightest clue what I was <laughs> talking about. So, uh, so yeah, this was, this was a great night. Um, obviously as we, as we wait here, uh, with the no edit instant reacts, as we wait for, for Kyle to join in, um, Oh, <laughs> oh he's here. He got it to work. I got it to work. This is this is very much the instant reacts. There is no editing on this bad boy. So yeah, Kyle from the land of the NUIC, how we doing, my friend? Oh, we're doing great. How about you? We're we're good. We're good. We, you know, Mitch is always you know. Well, you you guys both are always hounding Twitter on a Friday night. Uh, Kyle, you're usually walking the sidelines as well. But uh, you know, I was telling Mitch that he always gets done with all the Twitter updates and then that's it. Then there's, you know, no one to sit and talk to. So you guys have an outlet tonight to, you know, to talk about all things, Kyle, you saw a really interesting game. And because there's no rules in the instant reacts podcast, we're starting in the NUIC tonight. Kyle, tell us about where you were at this. It's one of the more unique matchups we're going to see this year for sure. And we're talking about Lena Winslow and uh, Marion. So give me, give me the rundown here. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously the game was here in Lena tonight and uh, I'm still at Lena. I'm actually at the horse having a couple uh, after hour beverages with the coaching staff, the statisticians, the referees. So it's, it's been a fun evening so far, but a little, a little debriefing, a little debriefing and cocktails, right? The, the, ref, the, ref, the refs and the coaching staff in cahoots. I think we're, I think we got breaking news here. Yeah, exactly. Right. No, but it's, it was great, but obviously, you know, a a team like Marion central Catholic, you, you expect them, you know, coming out of they're they're an independent, but they played in the Chicago Catholic league. 
They're a 3A, 4A school coming into Lena, which is, you know, Winslow, a 1A school. You expect it to be more competitive. And, you know, tonight, Lena Winslow just really took control of the game early. And they pounded the ball often. And, man, they, they, they put up 22 points in the first quarter like it was nothing. I, what I think is really interesting is when you see these type of matchups, and this is why we give so much praise to the Northwest Upstate Illini, because you look at a game like this, and, man, it's, it, it, they prove it. They, they consistently prove it. And this was not just a win. This was dominating. I could not believe Mitch and, and, you know, Kyle, you guys are posting updates and the score blew my mind on this one. Yeah, it was, it was incredible. I mean, you take a look at when Lena Winslow had their starters in seven of their nine offensive possessions started in Marion central Catholic territory. Wow. And it's just impressive. The amount of dominance they had on not just the defensive side of the ball, but how quickly and abruptly they could disrupt them offensively as well. And, I mean, the level of physicality favored Lena Winslow tremendously. I mean, I was just talking to Coach Aaron, like, literally five minutes ago and congratulated him on a big win. And he was just like, yeah, you know, they're, 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 they're already looking forward to Dupec next week. Wow, yeah, I didn't. I forgot completely that that's next week. Mitch, what were your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I was kind of the same, the same vein um, that I, I had sent this out on on Twitter. I said that we had said on the show that we thought that the game might be a little bit more interesting, and I think at that point the game was thirty to nothing or, or whatever it was. So uh, I, I did uh, call ourselves fools for thinking that because uh, uh, again, like we talked about, we thought that. Uh, Wasak Marion would put up a better fight and maybe maybe they still are a quality team and Lena's just that much better than they are um so again it's it's what we expect from Lena a uh, great win here as they uh, get a nice you know I say a challenge but a nice look outside of the conference uh with three weeks left to go in the regular season well certainly certainly passing the test on this one Mitch let's uh let's run down the scores in the northwest upstate Illini and we'll uh we'll react to what we what we saw yeah, quick quick rundown here. Dupec gets the 48 to 20 win over Dakota. Dakota a little bit of a slide following that win a couple weeks ago. Forreston 60 to 6 over West Carroll. Fulton nice win here 44 to 6 over Stockton. Galena goes 28 13 over EPC and as we talked about Lena 54 7 over Woodstock Marion. So no uh no real surprises here I don't think but um you know, I think games get a lot more interesting next week. Kyle, let's jump. Let's jump right ahead. Dupec and Lena Winslow. Are you Are you going to be there first? I uh, no, I'm not going to attend that game. And the reason being, I've I've been asked that several times already a night. And, and the reason for my absence of that game is because both these teams are already playoff eligible. Okay, so we got we got some bigger games. Week seven is a huge slate of games for the NUIC because you have, you have obviously the Lena Winslow and Dupec game. You have Forrest and Fulton taking on each other next week. But the biggest game right now after tonight's games is Dakota and Galena because the winner of that game is going to be the team that makes the playoffs. Yeah. 
That's yep. That's a good call. Yeah, I can totally get that. Man, there's there's some really interesting matchups ahead in week seven. That that's gonna that's gonna be great. We're getting into the into the thick of it here, but let's get. I want to hear your thoughts on Dupec Lena Winslow. Where, I mean, the firepower that Lena Winslow has, but Dupec has played really solid football all year long. Outside of one stumble against Fulton, I. I don't know. What do you think, Kyle? Well, I mean, really, you, I. it goes back to what I said before. I, I mean, you can't really consider Fulton a stumble. I mean, Duke, Lena Winslow did everything that they needed to do. Dupec, when they played Fulton, did everything they needed to do. I mean, I really feel that Lena Winslow holds true to what I've stated most of the season. And, and, and Lena Winslow's a three-touchdown favorite in this game. It's going to come down to execution. But, I mean, we're looking at a Dubek team that, yes, they're a very formidable team, but they're not quite to the echelon that they were last year. They're just a tad bit below where they were last year. Um, can they win some big games? Absolutely. But – you know, when you take a look at Lena Winslow versus Dupec, I mean, the line play for Lena Winslow is just incredible. I mean, we, we don't get to talk about these guys very much. So I'm going to throw out a couple names, but Henry Engel tonight. I mean, this is only instant react, but I'm telling you right now, live right now, he <laughs> is going to be my player of the week next week. I guarantee it because his ability to get downfield and lead the charge on offense to free up the running lanes for Dunker, Zeal, and Lobdell was just absolutely amazing tonight. Um, and, and and really, you take a look at what Lena Wenzel can do offensively, and it runs through that offensive line. And, and that's Henry Angle, it's Jake uh, Tippett, it's, it's Odin Sabinaw, it's... Uh, Pecorero and it's Kempel. I mean, those boys up front are doing what they need to do for the Panthers. And it's, it's just amazing to watch because they just have so much strength, speed and power on the offensive line that helps these backs get out into the open field and then utilize their speed to get to the next level and further. Yeah, absolutely. Great stuff as always. So Kyle, the Galena and Dupec, or sorry, Galena and Dakota game, that you you said it that that becomes absolutely that's an X factor game. You win and you're probably that, in the playoffs, and you lose and you're probably not. Yeah, that that's a huge game for both the Pirates and the Indians. Um, obviously, they have to be able to make either team. They have to win because they both have West Carroll left on their schedule. So you got to get that fourth win. And I hate to say it, but really, to be honest, a, a game against West Carroll is a guaranteed win. So you got to get that win next week to get number four. And then you got number five. Dakota still has Fulton left on the schedule. I can't remember who Galena still has left on schedule, but they got they got one of the top three. It, either It's not Lena, so it's got to be uh, – Dupac or Fulton as well. So either way, you know, yeah, you, you just you have this the the Galena Dakota game is 
the game that has to come to fruition for either team. And I'll be honest, I mean, that's got to be our game of the week next week. Yeah, I can see why. I think, you know, there's certainly a lot of worthy candidates, but that one, you're right. It, it becomes, you know, the push to the playoffs, and one of them needs – both of them need that win. So Galena has Dupec in week eight. So that's their – like you said, they had one of the big three left. That That's their big matchup. So – all right, well, Mitch, let's quickly uh, give us the eight-man scores as long as we're still, you know, talking NUIC football. We got Kyle here. Yeah, just a couple tonight. Uh, it appears Amboy, a 26-12 to 12 winner over Hiawatha. Nice win for Amboy there. Yeah, that's uh, a nice win for Amboy. Um, Polo, 48, Prairie City, 6. And then we had West Prairie getting the win over Galva, 49-14. to 14. So, Kyle, am I, am I correct? Was Hiawatha was... 5-0 and going into last week, and now they've lost twice to the NUIC, correct? I think that's right. 4-0 going into last week. Sorry, yep. yep. But yes, back-to-back losses to Polo and now Amboy. Yeah. So again, you look at, you know, around the Northwest Upstate Illini, and when these teams that had a good record come in, and, you know, and they're, and they're getting knocked off, and you, I just look at some of the records in, in this area get be deceiving because you know they're beating each other once in a while so it's i i think me and mitch i think kind of agree the eight-man playoffs might be the most interesting when we get to talking about the postseason i think the eight-man playoffs are just going to be every round is going to be great football games well I, i i would have to agree once you get to the quarterfinal round. I think the first round, you're going to see a lot of blowouts as expected, but I think the way that the current uh, playoff format is shaping up, we're going to definitely see that top six and and, and throw Hiawatha in there because, I mean, obviously with with strong contests against both Polo and Amboy, they're not in the top six but they're definitely at that number seven spot in my opinion. And, you know, you get those top seven away from each other. Now you're getting that, those big games in that quarterfinal and leading into that semifinal matchups. And um, I agree. The A-man playoffs are going to be off. We're definitely going to see a true playoff with best teams truly meeting up in the further rounds to make a great state championship when we get to Monmouth College. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot here, Kyle. I know we, you know, we love the NUIC and we love, you know, bragging about how good it is, but is Milford Cisna Park and Decatur Lutheran, are they the best two teams in eight-man football? Well, I know that you're very high on the West Central Heat. And I've that, that's you. another one that I would yep, that I would toss in there. But they haven't been they haven't been tested yet, I don't think. They have not been tested. No. They have Aquin tomorrow yet, which I don't think they're gonna get much of a huge test there. But, you know, Aquin likes to throw the ball in. So we'll see what kind of defense West Central can put on. Speed wise, I would definitely give the, the, the go ahead and the favorite to West Central. They're gonna have a lot more speed than Aquin has. Um, especially with Drosty. I mean, that kid's just phenomenal. Um, but they, they have Millersville coming up, they have Amboy coming up, and uh, 
You take a look at those matchups. They're huge, obviously top six matchups. Um, but you talk to different coaches and they feel that West Central may possibly be the number one team. Now, in my opinion, in order to be in that area, you have to beat one of those teams. So they have to be able to beat Milledgeville and or Amboy to show that they can compete with an MCP or a Decatur Lutheran. I think we're going to learn a lot, yes, about that West Central team in the next three weeks, which is great because come playoff time, I think we'll have a little bit more sorted out, a little clearer picture. But either way, it's it's good stuff. Kyle, any uh, any anything else we got from you from uh, from the land of the uh, the land of champions up there in the NUIC? Oh man, I tell you why. I I was taking a look at a couple messages that were coming through tonight, and you know, quite a few people were sitting here saying that the NUIC is definitely top heavy. You know. You take a look at the Freeman ratings, and, and even this year, they kind of have them separated out in different groups. And again, you know, I see in the 11-man, it literally is Lena Winslow here, and then you got Dupec and Fulton down here, and then everybody else below. And it, it's really shaping up that way. Um, as far as eight-man, I tell you what, <laughs> I took a look at it earlier today before games started being played, and the top six – we're all within five points of each other. That tells me that all six of those teams, any given Friday, they can compete with each other, which is exactly what I blasted out on Twitter earlier this week, and it still holds true today. Yep, absolutely. Great stuff. Kyle, we're going to move into the Western Big Six. If you want to stick around, you can, but if you have uh, you know, pressing engagements out there, I understand as well. I'll drop off, fellas. It's been great. It was a fun night of football. I, I can't wait to hear what you guys got to discuss with the Western Bid Six and the track and uh, the Lincoln Trail. So you guys have a good night. Hey, it's Kyle. It's only uh, about, what, a month away before I'm headed your direction for a, for a Friday night uh, or a high school football preview show. Yes, it is. I can't wait. You know, we got that coming up October 22nd. You're not, you're not wrong there. It's like, what, four weeks away? I'm ready. I'm ready to make the road trip. I'm getting prepared for you, man. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Thanks. You you buddy. Have a good one. Mitch, let's move into the Western big six now. Okay. If if you're on the instant reacts, Mitch, I already told you, you got to be Brian stocking tonight, right? Right. All right. So you gotta, you gotta read through the scores and yeah, let me, uh, let me pull out my notebooks from 1967 (laughs) with, uh, points history and you know winners and this that, and the other thing how many teams you know streaks yep. of away games in the series you know whatever no i don't have that uh yeah quick rundown then we'll go through it individually here sterling game of the year candidate here greg 34 to 28 over quincy in overtime excellent game that we'll get into in just a second the three yep. other scores here rock island gets the win over galesburg 34 to 14 geneseo nice win for them 47 to nothing over alleman and Moline gets the win. Take that, Brian Stocking, 47 <laughs> to 14. I was, <laughs> was going to make the joke about, I wish I could remember who said UT was going to win this game, and then you you stole, you took it right yeah. there and went for it. Yeah, yeah, uh, tough road for UT. I'm not, I'm not making fun of that. But, yeah, Stocking had that bold prediction, 
and he he didn't quite work out for him. But uh, you know, we can and we and we can start there um, because again, they they showed some flashes. Um, I even think Moline. I don't even know if Moline played all that great because at one time I saw they had fourteen penalties for like one hundred and forty-five yards, something like that. So. You know, I, I think there were openings there for, for UT to maybe take advantage of. But, um, again, they, they played well. They just haven't been able to do it throughout an entire game this year. So, uh, for Moline, again, um, it, it, it was what they've done all year, right? A great offensive performance. Uh, really big games from Riley Fuller and Grant Sibley tonight. They get to 5-1, uh, and one, so they obviously get that qualifying win. And uh, we'll be seeing them in the playoffs again this year. Well, we'll be seeing them in the playoffs, but before they get there, it now seems like they're on a collision course with Sterling, which we kind of thought might happen at the beginning of the season. And uh, here we are, Sterling, 34-28, like you mentioned. Let's go through it, Mitch. You kind of had your eyes on this one all night. Uh, This was a great game. Yeah. um, Like I said, this is a game of your candidate that we'll talk about at the end of the year. Um, Certainly a game that lived up to the hype two really good teams. Um, you know, we expected Sterling to be here. We maybe didn't expect Quincy. I don't know if Bray Little's, you know, ascension was expected this year, but regardless, great game. They alternated scores all the way through. So, you know, no team had a two score lead at any point in this game. Um, Sterling went up 28, 21 on a Kale Ryan. I think it was 46 yard scramble. Um, and then Quincy's Jarius Rice returned the on-swing kickoff to make it 28-28. Man, that's, that kid's under, good. Yeah, with uh, with just under four to play. Um, the uh, the big one that, that I had an eye on in this one was J.P. Schilling went out with an injury or, or something. I'm not going to speculate. I don't know. But he did sit out a quarter. Did come back, so hopefully that's not a concern for Sterling. Um, Sterling would go on to score first in overtime. Their PAT was blocked. So that kind of left an opening for Quincy. Yeah. But give credit to the Sterling defense. They hold, they get Quincy to a fourth and goal situation from the four. Uh, Brayden Little had a look. I, I don't know who he was throwing it to. Uh, Gregory Quince had three touchdowns tonight. So I, I couldn't tell if that was who he was throwing to here. The throw, it, it was, it was tipped. It was just high, you know, something, but just out of the hands of the intended receiver uh, that would have kept this game, would have tied it, and then potentially uh, a PAT would have won it. But um, looking forward to seeing the highlights from this one because this game uh, looked like it, again, lived up to the billing. Well, I was just going to say, it's not the outcome he probably wanted, but uh, shout out to uh, Don O'Brien, our, our buddy down in Quincy. He had yeah. the uh, he had the video skills. He was getting the final play. So we were able to see that in, uh, in our Twitter yeah. feed. <laughs> Yeah, if, if, if anyone's listening to this either tonight or tomorrow morning, we did retweet that or, or check out his coverage because, yeah, he was all over it tonight, had a great video of that final play. So, uh, But, again, great game. Um, doesn't change my perspectives on Quincy. I, I think that they will uh, get to the playoffs. And um, certainly for Sterling, like you said, now we're looking at a week eight for the Western Big Six crown here with, uh, with Moline. Yeah, for sure. Hey, Mitch, how about uh, Quantarian Brooks? He's pretty good, right? Yeah, uh, I would say uh, unreal numbers last week. He does it again this week at 184 yards in the first half. At the half. At the half. He he was basically. If he's putting up numbers like that, he should play for Princeton, right? Yeah, you you, you (laughs) fit right in. Um, Yeah, he was the he was their main offense. Galesburg was keeping it a little bit closer in the first in the first half. Uh, Rocky scored twice in the fourth quarter to uh, 
to really pull away here. But yeah, Quantarian Brooks, 213 yards and three scores in this one. Rocky B, though, we've talked about them, you know, throughout the season as as sometimes they've played poorly. Recently, they've been playing a lot better. Uh, they intercept Galesburg quarterback Tristan Legate three times in this one to keep the to keep the silver streaks at bay. Um, so that moves Rock Island to four and two, and they've got the three best, you know, the three best teams in the conference left. They got Sterling, Genesee, and Quincy in that order left. So they've got to find a win there. Um, and I, I think if they play the way that they did here tonight, the way they did last week against UT with that offense kind of clicking a little more than it was, I think they'll find one in those three games, but that's a pretty hard to, hard slate to, to go through. Yeah. I mean, just the, you know, the, the threat to score at all times, which Brooks is yeah. and just that high, high powered offense. I think, yeah. I mean, that's got, that's gotta be seen as a threat to the, to the teams that you referenced that we know we think are some of the better teams in the Western big six. Mm -hmm. This has got to be a challenge, the game plan for them because they, they can beat you. They can score a lot. I want, I want to pause quickly because when the score came back from commercial break, (laughs) stocking was like, stocking was like right in the middle of the shot. (laughs) And Dazzo had to pull him back. (laughs) There's, there's no editing in the instant react. So we're just letting that go. We're just letting that fly. uh, we got Tom Cornell's grown up brats here and uh, it's, it's kind of like inception right now that we're, we're doing this as they're doing their thing. So uh, yeah, great, great win for Rocky moving on Geneseo with the win 47, nothing as mentioned, uh, Jaron Neal, 148 yards and three scores. AJ Weller had 250 yards of all purpose uh, offense. So uh, again, they're four and two now and they've got quite a gauntlet. They've got exactly pound and Moline. So this yeah. is going to be interesting. This is going to be, um, yeah, I said, in the in the preview show that this upcoming episode is my favorite when we talk about the final three weeks right um because we're going to see this a lot that you know the, the last three games are going to determine a, a heck of a lot here so looking at the western big six now uh quincy will get in so that's three so then you're 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 wondering how they can get five potentially because rock island and geneseo are both there on the cusp of, of it all so yeah. Um, yeah. Really looking forward to these three weeks because it's just going to be just back and forth, uh, just battles every week. We're getting into crunch time and there's a lot yeah. that will be decided and we'll get a lot of clarity in the next few weeks, which yeah. is great. That's what we're, it's what we're, what we love about it. Right. Let's jump into the three rivers. Mitch, give us the rundown. Give us the final scores. Yeah. Speaking of clarity, Princeton, 36 nothing win over Sterling Newman. Yep. Spring Valley Hall, nice win over Kiwani. Uh, 26-15, uh, a game that we talked about that we thought would have pretty big playoff implications, uh, a game that uh, the Seuss kind of echoed in terms of uh, kind of a, a playoff outlook, you know, disruptor a little bit here. Monmouth Roseville, 35-12 winners over Orion. Great win yeah. for Monmouth Roseville. Rock Ridge, they were down 14-0 to start the game. They come back to beat Morrison 36-22. And that high-powered Mendota offense shines again. Mendota 49, Sherrard 35. So I was just going to look. So Mendota's now 3-3. Three and three. What do they have left? They've got, they've got chances coming up. I think they have Princeton to end the season or somewhere in the final three weeks. But they've got chances to beat Kiwani yep. in New York. Yeah. I think, I think the way that Mendota has played the past two, uh, two weeks, defense, a little shaky, but – 
they, no one has been able to keep up with them the last couple of weeks. So um, I, I like their chances. I, you know, Mendota was a playoff team last year. Um, they, they started strong and kind of limped into the playoffs last year. I think it's a little bit of the opposite now where started a little slower. Now that offense is really clicking. And, and again, with, with Kiwani and Newman on the schedule, I think those are winnable games for Mendota. And uh, they, they've got a shot. They've certainly got a shot. Mitch, can you say that Newman uh, held Princeton in check by only letting them score 36? I was, I was wondering what was wrong with the Princeton offense. Um, <laughs> it was, it was 29, nothing and a half. Um, and then, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know if, if Newman figured something out, if, if Princeton shut it down, but they, they do get a score in the second half. As I said, 36, nothing, all the names, you know, scored um i saw they had a couple of, of interceptions along the way so yeah um, again a great a great win for princeton as uh, they move right along to uh to potentially being conference champions once again i think they have Prue st beat still on their schedule which if if if, if Prue st beat keeps winning that's really going to be a fun game um checking it right now yeah so they're both in the mississippi Yep. And they play each other next week. I didn't realize that. So that is going to be uh, assuming Peru wins tomorrow over Bureau Valley. That'll be a game of two six and no teams. Um, obviously Princeton being the bigger school, but I, I really like how St. Beats playing. Yeah. That's an interesting matchup. It is a difference in size. You're talking three, a Princeton versus one, a one, a St. Bede. St. Bede challenges themselves week in and week out in this conference. They're always, they're one well, of the, they might be the smallest team in the, in the three rivers. Well, I think it, it's only going to help them, right? Let's say Princeton wins. Um, so St. Bede gets a really hard opponent in week seven, and then they, they get, they get winnable games or a winnable game in week eight against BV. Monmouth Roseville, that might be a must win for Monmouth Roseville. Um, or I'm sorry, that, that's Princeton's schedule. I'm sorry. We would have edited that out on the real show. Um <laughs> Okay, so they so they have games against uh, BV tomorrow, and then they finish with Princeton, Hall, yep. and Mendota. So not quite an easy slate. No, there's Princeton. yeah. Um, Tricky stuff obviously, in there. they're 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 qualified to get into one A. They'll, they'll certainly get into one A playoffs. But when you're talking about that, you want to have the best record possible going into it um, because of, of the gauntlet that those playoffs are going to be. So. Um, yeah, that, that'll be an excellent game to watch next week, I think. Yeah, Mitch, looking around the other scores, man, tough, tough one again for your uh, Morrison Mustangs, Mitch. We had yeah. you know, a lot of excitement out there when they won two in a row and they were two and two, and now they've lost two in a row, and yeah. they have Orion, a non-conference game against Leroy, and Erie Prophetstown. All games that I think are winnable for Morrison yeah. – yeah. But they, they, they have to play better. They have, you know, they have to improve. It, it's a it's tough road ahead, I think, but it's not, not out of the yeah. question for them to win one or two of those. Yeah. And, you know, again, we talked about last week, there's a team that is playing a, a, a heck of a lot better than they did last year. There's no question that they're way yeah. better than last year. And it's a team that only has four seniors. So yeah, I, I do think that they're, if they make the playoffs, if they don't, they're really setting themselves up to be a good team next year. They're up 14 nothing in this game. That's not easy to do against Rock Ridge. Um, it, Rock Ridge came back, took the lead, never looked back. 
Um, could it be some injury issues? We don't, we don't know for Rock Ridge. We certainly hope not. But regardless, they moved to five and one. So they'll be back in the playoffs again this year. Um, and, and since that loss to Princeton, they've looked really, really good. I was going to say they're rolling right along now. That's their, what, fifth win in a row. Yep. And, uh, you know, I think what really impresses me about it is, you know, sometimes when you come out and get smacked in the mouth right away, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's hard to recover from that. And they, they certainly rose to the occasion. They come away with a big win. I'm impressed with what Rockridge is doing on both sides of the ball, offense and defense. Last year, I felt like defensively, they were giving up too many points. They weren't getting enough stops. This year, they've shored some of that up, it seems like, and that's a good thing moving forward. They have Sherrard next week, Kiwani, and Orion. So I think a couple toss-up games in there, but a manageable schedule. They 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 could end up with a one-loss record. Yeah, that was Rock Ridge's remaining schedule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think they'll be eight one the way that they've been playing. So yeah. All right, what else? We've we talked through it here. Monmouth Roseville. This was a game that was huge for them. I, yeah. They needed they needed this win, and they yep. got it. Last year they played a really tight game with Orion, I believe. This yeah. year they kind of leave no doubt in this one. This is a huge win because I was going to look ahead on their schedule. But we, it's what we talked yeah. about. Both these teams were desperate for a win, and, and Monmouth Roseville comes away with it. Yeah, again, a game that we and the Seuss talked about kind of a, it's a big uh, big game for playoff implications here. And I put, on, I put out on Twitter tonight, this was the type of performance we expected from Monmouth Roseville all season, and we, yep. haven't, we haven't really seen it. Yep. Um, but now they're 4-3. and three, That includes their forfeit win next week. Sure. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at week eight against Erie Prophetstown as a must win for them in order to get into the playoffs. So I think they have Princeton left and somebody else. Okay. They, that's so, all they, yeah, they have. So they have a win oh, yeah, next yeah, week right, and that's right. it. Okay. Yeah. You're so, right. Yeah, I, again, I, I don't mean any disrespect. I just don't see them winning against Princeton. Um, so that week eight against Erie Prophetstown, very, very big game. Yep. And, uh, and I was talking to someone this week about, when that Riverdale, you know, how the schedule shaped out, where does your Riverdale buy fall in in the three rivers? I yeah. think if you're a team like Monmouth Roseville, this is a great week for it. Yeah. You're getting later right. in the season. Let guys take a week off to kind of rest up a little bit, get healthy. And then yep. you've got that two game push. Obviously the Princeton game is a, is a huge task to take them on, but leading into that Erie Prophetstown game the week before that in week eight, it's nice to come off a bye week, I would think, to give yourself time to get healed up and to right. game plan and prep. So yep. who knows? I mean, there's something to be said about momentum too, and you want to ride that momentum. But right. man, I think in the sport of football, you want to get healthy too. So, right. all right, Mitch, uh, tomorrow. So as people are listening to this, these games are probably already happening. Did, did but, we miss the Hall game? I think we oh, were talking about the Hall game. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Hall, 26-15 winner over Kiwani. Yeah, they, they led 20 nothing and a half and looked like, you know, a performance that Hall's kind of been doing recently. Uh, Kiwani made a late push, um, but they Hall was able to hold on. So now Hall sits at three and three. I think what they, they have left, they have a shot at two more wins to get to five. So I think that would be a really, a really big success story for Hall. Um, I, what were they, two and seven last year? I, I was think? just going to look it up, but that sounds pretty sure, right. I'm yes. pretty sure they're two and seven. They beat Morrison and maybe Sherrard. 
Um, so yeah, that'd be, that'd be a great turnaround for them with, with, uh, with a new coach in there in, in the first year or so. They were uh, one and they were one and eight a year ago. One and eight. And their only one was Morrison. So, yep. um, yeah, nice, great turnaround here. So yeah, again, three and three, I think they have a shot to get the five. Um, and that's again, what makes these next three weeks really, really exciting. So Saturday's games, Bureau Valley at Peru, St. Bede, Harvard mm -hmm. comes to Erie Prophetstown in a non-conference game. So those are both on Saturday. Mitch, let's talk LTC. How about a little uh, Lincoln Trail chaos? We got yeah, um, yeah some some surprises here. Uh, the big one, Anna and Weatherfield gets the twenty-seven to nineteen win over Knoxville to move to five and one. Uh, Rova, great win here, thirty-four to thirteen over Stark County to get their fourth win. Uh, it was a tight one early with Mercer County and Princeville was 14-14 at the break. Uh, Mercer County then took control, 51-14 winners, and Havana gets the out-of-conference win over A-Town, 47-20. So the game we talked a lot about being a really important game, Stark County, Rova Williamsfield. So yeah. Rova Williamsfield comes away with the win. They're now sitting at 4-2. and two. Yep. They have United next week. Then they have Anawan Weathersfield and Knoxville. So I would think that next week is a win for them, which pushes them to five. Yep. Probably they a month. Be, yeah. They will be a playoff team. And actually yep. what's interesting, Mitch, I noticed that this week. So in years past when Rova and uh, Williamsfield were in the co-op with Galva, they were mid County that pushed them up to like the three, a playoffs. But yep. now they've dropped Galva's out on their own doing eight-man football. So right. I believe when I looked at it, I'm going to look it up real quick because this is the instant reaction. We don't edit. Um, yeah. If you look they at got, the play, if they you got look much at the, better uniforms now. That's why they're winning. <laughs> there get you that, go. Get yeah. that Mid-County Mid logo out of here. Mike. Okay. No, no, no. No. <laughs> Mid-County had a great helmet in like the middle portion of their no, you're right they're, they're the last iteration where it was just like an oval thing no that's yeah out. Th that that one didn't work for me but so the interesting note they were a 3a playoff team a few years ago when they were mid-county <laughs> now when galva's not involved in the co-op that puts rova right in the middle of the class 1a playoffs wow so that's a completely different well, animal and that's and that's a conversation that maybe we will take up the bulk of our show on on monday night because we're, we're going through recaps probably more than a normal instant reacts does yeah but i think what we're going to run into in playoffs now is is you're going to see a lot of of really close enrollment cutoffs you're going to see uh teams that are four and five getting into the playoffs so uh, yep yep uh, i think it's really you know we're, we're even, even talking bigger schools you're there's some sort of way that Sacred Heart Griffin would play in 3A or something. Like, it's just absurd. I heard so, that, yeah. Uh, there, there's, I think it's going to get messy a little bit. But, yeah, if you add Rova to a 1A bracket, my God. Um, it just makes it that much more unreal of a, of a, of a group of talented teams. So, um, yeah, I, I do think they'll get their fifth win next week over United. Um, I, I, I don't know the way he want, or sorry, the way Anawan Weathersfield and the way Knoxville are playing that they would get wins there. So, yep. um, yeah, but uh, regardless, a, a good win here over a really good Stark County team. So, yeah. good for Roma. 
So on the flip side, Stark County now has the work cut out for them. They're sitting at four and two uh-huh. right now. They have on the road at Anawan Weathersfield, on the road at Mercer County before they come home for a week nine game against Princeville. So Oof. I think, yeah, I think if we're being realistic, it's going to come down. I think it comes yeah. down to week nine against Princeville. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, which, which I, I is, love, a, which is a winnable game for Rova. Yep. So, you know, or no, for work Stark out, County, winnable game for Stark County or Stark County. I'm sorry. Yep. Yeah. So, yep. you know, um, you, you should not necessarily ever want it to come down to that final week. Uh, we see it every year. Right. Um, so, yeah. Now I was, I was joking about, you know, LTC being Lincoln trail chaos. How about Stark County going on the road and getting one of those wins that could really be. becomes chaos. Good. Could be. Um, yeah. be, because I didn't, I, I don't, I don't want to you know how I don't put it. I didn't, I didn't think anyone was going to win tonight. It doesn't yeah. surprise me that they did. I just didn't think that they sure. would. So yeah. Um, again, 27 to 19 winners over Knoxville. I was, I was catching the highlights of this as we were talking. It looked like Knoxville had a shot in the end zone as time expired and it got batted away or it was incomplete, whatever it was. But, um, I think, I think Camille was at this game tonight. So they, they probably have full highlights from that game. Okay. Um, yeah. So now, you know, unbeaten in the LTC five and one playoff eligible. Good for the, good for the Titans. Yeah. Tough loss for Knoxville, losing two in a row. Yeah. After losing to Dupec last week, yeah. they now have at home Illini West, who was two and three going into this week. I don't know what they did tonight. Um, you have uh, A Town at one and four, and then you have Rova Williams Field to end your season. So the schedule is manageable from this yeah, point they, out. They should get to at least six. Yep. Uh, and they'll be they'll be fine. So yeah, now we're now we're looking if if once again if another conference here that can get five teams in, um, certainly kind of looks that way. So yeah, let's look uh, quickly. United is at home tomorrow against Walter Christian. So Monmouth United is struggling at zero and five. Walter Christian also struggling at zero and five. So hopefully the red storm can come away and get their first yeah. win of the season tomorrow. Yeah. Mitch, I think we've covered all of our local teams, but you had a, some big games from around the state of Illinois. Let's, let's talk through them. Oh my gosh. One score immediately yeah. stands out to me, but let's get into them. Yeah. First and foremost, nice win for pleasant plains. We talked about them last week and certainly yep. following, following the sport, you know, the story of, uh, of Jaden, Wiesenmeyer um, and his ongoing recovery. So nice win for, for Pleasant Plains, 43-12 to 12 over Pittsfield. I did see that there were teams this week wearing uh, stickers. Uh, I don't remember what the saying is. If it's Jaden Strong, something to that effect. So yep. really cool for not even their community. Just uh, It might even have been Galesburg. It, it was a team that we cover, I think. So um, cool that cool to see that as, as again, the, the recovery continues. So nice, good win for that community. Yeah, I saw there was a lot of yeah, a lot of teams on the list that had that were putting the Jaden stickers on their helmets. So that's that's awesome. Like it, you need you need and you want to see that support among, you know, communities all kind of rallying together. That's great. Yeah. Um so the big one, the the game that you were talking about. This is 3A, right? 
Yep, probably a okay. 2A, 3A borderline, but yes, 3A majority. Yep. Yeah, so a, a battle of uh, the best te- two of the best teams, you know, in, in the in that size bracket. Reed Custer gets a 50 to 5. Yes, 5. 5. Win over Wilmington. Um, so it's a great win for Reed Custer. Elsewhere, your, your Marquette Crusaders, the crew, defeat Leroy 40 to 17. Uh, elsewhere in 1A, the, the other the other top dogs in 1A, Camp Point Central, they moved to 6-0, 62 to nothing win over Triopia. And yep. Ridgeview Lexington, also 6-0, a 40-12 win over GCMS. Uh, moving into the 2A, the top team in 2A, St. Teresa, they win again, 63-12 over Sullivan. And I put 3A question mark, Icy Catholic, they win 42-20 yep. to 20 over Wheaton Academy. So, Mitch, in my rankings – Last week, I've been keeping Wilmington in the top slot. Now, Kyle, according to our NUICfootball.com polls, Kyle has had Wilmington in 3A because they fell into 3A. That's where they've been projected in, in, over the over the year but as it goes. But, but they're, they're a the borderline team. They're the defending 2A champs, right? They are, correct. Right, yes. Right. I had them still as the top seed in 1A. I had a line or um, I see Catholic right behind them. And it's, it's tough that, that that was always a tough one for me, but I just felt like, you know, being a defending state champion, I put Wilmington up there, but I had Princeton at number three. I had Reed Custer at number four, man, Reed Custer might be moving its way up the list here because that's, that's a dominating win against a really good Wilmington program. Yeah. I think I had them down at seven. So, um, so I see Catholic one, Wilmington will drop, Byron one over Rock Falls, Princeton one, Prairie Central I didn't see, Mount Carmel I didn't see. So uh, Nashville, they lost. They were in my rankings. I saw they lost to Carterville. I don't know what ranking Carterville is, but yeah. So this week, certainly there's going to be some shakeups, I think, in those rankings. Yep. Yep. All right, Mitch, anything else before we uh, call it a night here? Oh, I don't think so. Um yeah, I mean, again, a great night of football. Um, looking forward to tomorrow to seeing highlights from that Sterling Quincy game again because yeah, uh, that'll be a game of the year candidate, and certainly, uh, like we talked about, kind of sets sets the stage for Sterling and Moline in Week Eight. Yeah, definitely. There's there's a lot a lot to be decided in every conference in the next few weeks, and that's that's what's great about it. That's what's exciting. So right. All right. Well, Mitch, we'll we'll wrap it up for tonight. And the good thing is, actually, I'm, I'm done kind of early compared to what, uh, what yeah, we right. usually do for the instant react. So I might get to bed before, like, 2 a.m., which is amazing. Yeah, be nice. <laughs> right. That would yeah. be, yeah, good, good, good for you. Uh, like I said, we were watching, at least I was watching the score as we were doing this. So um, good, good to see the games that we were kind of talking about. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap this up with a bow on, on Monday night and Maybe don't have to get into the games as much. Maybe we'll, we'll figure something else to talk about. That's um, true. Yeah. May, and then again, maybe there'll be more picking, you know, uh, what teams have left as opposed to going over game recaps as we just kind of did that. So there we go. Uh, we could have some fun looking ahead, I think, yeah, on the games those, left. Yep. Yeah. We've got to keep the audience engaged. So yeah. um, we'll think of something. And again, I think there is a bigger discussion that we have to kind of keep our eyes on with teams falling into different classes with the enrollments the way they are yep. and the number of playoff eligible teams that are going to, cause I think we're going to be short on teams that have a 500 record that get in. So 
Um, usually that's something you see on the Iowa side more than you see on the Illinois side. So um, whether that's a good thing or maybe it's a more balanced, you know, statewide, uh, uh, statewide talent this year, I, I don't know. So it'll be an interesting year for sure. So maybe we got to start looking at that with, with three weeks left. Yeah, and four win teams have gotten in before, and I think that there is, yeah, like you said, there's some chance that it's going to happen again. Then it yeah. maybe teams that we've discussed, teams from our area. So anyway, right. well, thank you to everyone who listens. Join us again Tuesday morning. We'll put out our regular podcast, and uh, Mitch will be back. Mitch, you're we're you're all over it, you know. I'm gonna have to get honey or something to, to rest my, you know, uh, <laughs> voice here because two two shows in three days that'll that's a lot for me. So stressing yeah. out the vocal cords, yeah. yeah rest up here on the weekend, so we'll we'll be back. We'll be ready to go. I just yell right through it. I just keep talking loud, and it just yeah. You know. <laughs> right. This, this is much this is much easier with just two two people, Kyle with three, than uh, the normal you know five or, or whatever it may be at the score. On, we. On a, we are way nicer to each other than the yeah, Denzo right. and stocking are. So it's, you know, yeah. this is the, you know, this is the friendly podcast here. So right. yeah. anyway, but that's, that, but Denzo. that's entertaining, but that's always entertaining, uh, you know, podcast listening as well. Oh, so. yeah. oh yeah. Of course. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll meet up with them probably again next week. So anyway, yeah. Mitch, good to talk to you. We will, uh, we'll meet up again soon and everyone listening. We'll, uh, we'll catch up again on Tuesday morning when the regular podcast drops. All right, that's good. We're done. Post it.